0: You are listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Midway United Methodist Church. How is everyone this morning? Please come in and find a seat. We would like you all to stand up and worship with us, please. We see you We find strength To face the day In your presence All our fears Are washed away When we see you We find strength To face the day In your presence All our fears Are washed away Washed away
2: Good morning and welcome to midway on this poem passion sunday thank you children for getting us started with the poem procession we want to welcome everyone here those of you online as well as those here in person ask you if you would to please register your attendance either through the app or qr code or those of you online with the link on facebook let us pray together Almighty God, on this day, your Son, Jesus Christ, entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed king by those who spread their garments and waved palm branches along the way. Let those branches be for us, Lord, signs of his victory, and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our Lord, for it's in his name we pray, amen. Amen.
3: Did you guys know that it's Palm Sunday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, hey y'all, what's up? Hi. Hey, um, what are y'all doing? You're just waving palm branches. Um, do you guys know why they're waving palm branches? Charlie, do you know? Why? Why? Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Um, But Katie, can you tell me what you're saying when you wave them? We're saying Hosanna. It means save us. Yeah, okay. So Hosanna means save us. Wait, 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 wait. From what? What are we being saved from? It's when Jesus, uh, it was when the Romans, the Romans, but Jesus did even more than that. So, When the people were there on Palm Sunday and they were waving the palms for Jesus, they were hoping that Jesus would save them for the Romans. But Jesus did something, what? Much bigger. Much, much bigger. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, isn't it fun to kind of celebrate and to get excited and to wave palm branches in a celebration? How would you today... If you were going to celebrate, we don't see many people coming. T- you, you don't have a birthday party and people wave palm branches, do they? No. no. Okay. So how would you celebrate Jesus coming coming into the city today,
1: Charlie?
3: You could wave palm branches. We could do what they did back then. But you know what? I think I would want a little uh, one of those things that goes woo, woo, make lots of noise, right? A what? A trumpet? Yeah, a trumpet. You could make, I mean, any type of noise that you could. And you know what's great? Is that we know what Jesus did on the cross. And so when we are waving our palm branches, or when we're celebrating Jesus on Palm Sunday, we know that he didn't come to stop some government. He came to save the whole earth. He did such an amazing thing saving each and every one of us. Did you want to say something, Charlie? I think it's either him or us. Him or us? That would die on the cross. Yeah, it was either him or us that would die on the cross. You're absolutely right. Um, And it was Jesus. That was very good. All right, so thank you guys for helping us this morning learn learn how to uh, shout Hosanna and sing Hosanna. And thank you to my youth helpers who didn't know what they were getting themselves into when they said yes. Thank y'all. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day.
1: Thank you for this day.
3: Thank you for your love.
1: Thank you for your love.
3: And we pray, and we pray that we might worship you. That we might worship you. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all can go back with Miss Tiffany or go sit with your parents.
1: God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory. Of the risen King Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen King Savior, he can move the mountains My God is mighty to save mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave Who you are, and I'm loved by you. Who I am, who I am, who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Cause you know just what we need Before we say a word You're a good, good father Who you are, the who you are the who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am, the who I am the who I am Call. I am the who I am you're a good good father the who you are the who you are the who you are and I'm loved by you the who I am who I am who I am you're a good good father who you are who you are who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am the two I am the two I am
2: Let us now go to God in prayer. Joel, if you play some for us while we pray. kings, prince of peace, once you entered the holy city humbly upon the back of a donkey, and there you revealed your everlasting kingdom. Although you are our king, O Lord, we confess to letting other things take the place of your rule in our hearts. So Lord, ride up to the gates of our hearts today that we may receive you and lay our lives wholly before your throne. As you laid down your life on Calvary, preparing the pathway to paradise for us, supply us with the courage to lay down our lives daily for you. Lord, as you went about doing good and healing, we lift up to you those who are in need of your healing power. As you fed thousands with meager offering of bread and fish, we ask that you would use our Lenten Purple Bag offering to feed and shelter those who are food insecure and homeless. As you suffered for our sake, we lift up to you those who are in physical or emotional pain. As you taught us to be peacemakers, we lift up to you the war-torn and terror-filled regions of our world. And pray that you, the Prince of Peace, would bring peace to all lands. As you comforted the dying thief with the promise that today you will be with me in paradise. Comfort those who are dying, those who are caring for them, and those who grieve. Comfort them with the Easter promise of resurrection. On this first day of Holy Week, we consecrate to you the services and activities. Monday, Thursday, Communion, Good Friday, the Easter egg hunt, and the celebration of our Lord's resurrection. Dear God, we ask that you would let not this reliving of our Lord's passion and death leave us untouched or unchanged. Rather, let this week be for us an occasion for reexamining our priorities, rising to greater integrity, and moving into costlier discipleship, that we may bless not only with our lips, but also with our lives, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, In the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good
3: morning. Would y'all pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you for this day and this time, this opportunity we have to come before you and to worship. Lord, I pray that you would speak your words through me lord let the words that we hear transform our hearts in your name we pray amen holy week is kind of an odd time it's a roller coaster of emotions Um, palm sunday stands in stark contrast to the good friday that we have on one hand we have jesus entering into jerusalem people are excited about him people are waving palm branches they are worshiping Jesus as king, hoping that, that he will soon come to overthrow the the Romans. And then on the other hand, we look to the cross at Good Friday, and we see that these people have deserted him, nowhere to be found, and he's been abandoned um, and just completely alone. In our scripture today, we see that even his closest disciples uh, deserted him and left him. And that it was the unlikely religious leaders who actually stuck around. The unlikely religious leaders that took on the important task of burying Jesus. There was no fanfare, no celebration, just two men doing the right thing and honoring Jesus. This morning our scripture comes from John chapter 19 verses 38 through 42. I'm going to invite Louise Buckholz to come up. She is going to be reading scripture for us. She's reading from her third grade Bible and it is the Common English Bible. So go ahead Louise.
2: body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to Jesus that night, was there too. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, nearly 75 pounds in all. Following Jewish burial customs, they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the spices and linen clothes. There was a garden in the place where Jesus was crucified, and in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had been Ever laden, because it was
3: Jewish preparation day, and the team was nearby, they laid Jesus in it. The word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Louise. So this is the last Sunday in the season of Lent, and we're going to continue to look at the, the, um, the witnesses at the cross as Louise read, that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were there. But the past couple of weeks, we've talked about the peop- the other people who were there who also witnessed the the death of Jesus. Um, we saw the women. We saw the beloved disciple. We saw soldiers and bystanders. We even talked about the two thieves that were on either side. And we, we looked at these people and their experiences and how they might have experienced the crucifixion of Jesus. Now these two, Joseph and Nicodemus, they carry out the important task of burying Jesus. Nicodemus is seen only in John, the Gospel of John, and then we see also Joseph of Arimathea. He's seen in all four Gospels, but they don't agree on who exactly this man was. But, we tend to agree that both of these men were secret disciples of Jesus. For some reason, they didn't feel like they could come out and come forward and be an out-in-the-open disciple of Jesus. So let's look at these two men. We first meet Nicodemus in John 3. He comes to Jesus at night. He's a Pharisee. He's a religious leader. So he should know everything, right? This man who's a religious leader, he's got all the answers, but he comes to Jesus at night and asks Jesus questions about the coming kingdom, about who Jesus is and and his purpose. And Jesus, he doesn't come and say, Nicodemus, you should know this. Are you dumb are you stupid why don't you know this stuff he's jesus answers the question he answers the questions that nicodemus has and, and gets to the heart of the matter nicodemus is truly a seeker he came and asked questions and jesus did not push him away or make him feel ignorant for asking these questions wonder how many times you've been in church, maybe when you were younger or, or even recently, and you've said, hey, I've got a question and I want to ask that question, but you were made to feel ignorant for asking. I think that asking questions is okay. And in fact, in fact, we want to encourage it. We want you to ask questions because by asking questions, you are able to grow in relationship with Christ. One of the churches, um, when I was appointed to this church, the senior pastor and I came in at the same time, and he would introduce himself and me when we were meeting the congregation. He'd say, "Um, you can ask us anything, but ask Amanda the hard questions. Uh, And you know what? I had no problem with that because I love questions. I love looking, working with people and, and exploring they're questions about the faith. I think God likes it too. I don't think God shies away from those hard questions. We see in scripture that Jesus is constantly answering questions. People come to him asking questions, and, and he doesn't say, go away, I'm, um, I'm too busy. He doesn't say, go away, you should know that. He says, well, let me tell you a story. Or let me share with you what what scripture says. He gets to the heart of the matter. And in doing so, he forms relationships with these people. He encourages growth and development. I always love to encourage this. I always tell children and and youth and adults, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask them. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Let's work together to find the answer. Now notice, I didn't say, come to me and get all the answers. Because I certainly don't have all the answers. But what, what I love to do with people is when they come to me, is to say, let's look at Scripture together. Let's talk about what you believe and what I believe, and let's, let's see how we can find God in this. But you know what? There are some churches that don't encourage that. Some churches say, here's what you should believe. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. This, this is what you believe and this only. And so people walk around thinking in their head, well, I must not be a good Christian if I doubt that or if I have questions about it. But you know what, I don't don't think God designed us not to ask questions. In fact, I am absolutely certain you can ask my six-year-old. I don't even know how many questions he asks on a daily basis. But you've heard from Pastor Jenny before that he asks a lot of questions. But God created us with a brain. And God expects us to use that brain. God didn't just say, all right, well, take take what you know on blind faith. God wants us to use our brain to reason and to explore. And I think in those times when we explore and we reason and and we ask those questions, I think we're able to dig deeper into our faith. It creates a, a deeper and more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. So I think Nicodemus, this man at the cross, can show us that Jesus welcomes those who doubt. Jesus welcomes those that have questions that don't have it 100% figured out. Jesus welcomes those who might see the world in a shade of gray rather than in black and white. Jesus welcomes those that don't have an answer for everything. And the other man at the cross, who buried Jesus? Joseph of Arimathea. He's a member of the Sanhedrin, the judicial council that condemned Jesus, but the scriptures don't all agree that he was a member or that he was there. Let's—I uh, want to look really quick on um, the four gospels that he's mentioned in. In Matthew, Matthew describes Joseph as a rich man and a disciple of Christ. He has no association with the council. We see him, even, even that contrast to our John passage today, in that he was an actual disciple. It doesn't say he was secret. People knew that Joseph was a disciple. It's kind of the picture-perfect picture of a disciple. But then Mark, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, names him as a respected member of the council, and in Mark fourteen sixty four, it says, it's talking about the council. It says, all of them condemned him as deserving death. So if they all condemned Jesus, then Joseph of Arimathea was in that group, voting yes to condemn Jesus to death. In Luke, Joseph is labeled as a good and righteous man, a member of the council, but had not agreed to their plan of action. So we don't know if, if there was a yes and no vote and he voted no, or we don't know if he stood up and defended Jesus. We don't know if he abstained from the vote. We just know that he didn't agree with the council on the decision to crucify Jesus. John makes no mention of, of Joseph as a member of the council, but he does mention, like I said before, that Joseph is a secret follower of Jesus. For whatever reason, he doesn't feel like he can come out and publicly proclaim that he follows Jesus. So you see those, those four different uh, takes on who Joseph of Arimathea is. Joseph could have had nothing to do with the death of Christ or he could have condemned Jesus to death. Maybe this gives us some insight as to to why he went and asked for the body of Jesus, the secret follower, instead of Jesus' family or the other disciples. Why did Joseph go and ask for the body so that he could prepare it for burial? Maybe Joseph felt shame in his decision to vote for for the condemnation of Jesus. Maybe he was trying to, to get rid of that shame, and maybe he was trying to do that by, by doing something good. Maybe he felt bad that he, he hadn't spoken up enough. Or he hadn't worked harder to, to rally other people to vote against the crucifixion. Maybe he was embarrassed. Whatever Joseph's motivation was, at that moment of of crucifixion, after Jesus died, he stepped out in courage, and he overcame the shame that he felt in order to honor Jesus. The Cultural uh, Cultural Background Study Bible says family members could ask for the body of a crucified But for others to ask, it was assumed that they were associated with the alleged treason that Jesus was condemned for. So Joseph here, when he asks for the body of Christ, he is openly telling Pilate, Hey, I believe in what this man died for. I believe in the treason that he has been convicted of against Rome. Joseph could have then sealed his fate. So he stood up in courage, overcoming that shame to honor Jesus. The church universal has done a really good job on focusing on what we shouldn't do. It makes us feel guilty for for those things that we have done or the things that we do when we mess up. And all this does... All this does to us is, is produce shame. But I don't think Jesus wanted us to be followers and feel out of shame. I think that Jesus, he encourages us to repent, to be forgiven, and to follow out of a, out of a desire for relationship. Look at the example of the woman who was caught in adultery. In John 8. The, the Pharisees bring, Je- bring to Jesus this woman that was caught in adultery. It was a sin written in the law of Moses. And, and they said, all right, Jesus, you see this woman here? What do we do with her? What do you think we should do? He looked at them and he said, well, if you're sinless, then you take the step to punish her. And if we've read the story, you realize that all the religious leaders walk away. None of them can say that they were sin-free. All of them had guilt. And so, Jesus looks at the woman, he says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus, instead of shaming her, chooses mercy. He chooses to forgive her and encourages her to go and to build a right relationship with God. No need to shame her, just encourage her to do better, to grow in the relationship with Jesus. The church universal has has got to do better to encourage those who have experienced shame. We've got to do better to encourage those who might have doubts. Or questions about the faith. I'm so thankful that my church growing up didn't tell me to be quiet, but to keep asking questions. I'm so thankful that when we messed up, it wasn't uh, uh, you're out. It was everybody messes up. Sometimes the church universal does get it right. I think most of the time, Midway does. We exemplify the body of Christ, the the loving spirit that Christ has in reaching out to those around us. But sometimes the church does get it wrong. After all, we are made up of people. And I'll be one of the first people to admit, I'm not perfect. I am sinful. And do I I dare assume that about y'all sitting in the pews? I see some heads shaking. Yeah, we we mess up sometimes too. Yeah, so the church is, it's meant to be an example of Christ and who Christ is, but the church is made up of sinners, made up of people who don't always get it right. So when the church, if the church has shamed you in the past, I want to say that's wrong. If the church has told you to stop asking questions, that your doubts mean a lack of faith, I want to say that's wrong. Don't let the church's mistakes, the church's don't let those mistakes keep you from worshiping and growing in a relationship with Christ. Notice that the men who buried Jesus, they didn't let their shame or lack of faith Keep them from doing and honoring Jesus by burying him. In fact, I wonder, I wonder if maybe they did this because of what happened earlier in the week. You know, earlier in the week, maybe they were standing off to the side when all the other disciples and followers of Christ were waving those palm fronds and, and shouting Hosanna. Maybe they were too embarrassed to join the crowd And celebrate the coming of of Jesus. Maybe they were afraid to join in because they were afraid they wouldn't be accepted. That people would look with them and say, what a hypocrite. What a doubter. No matter where these two were at the beginning of the week, we see them at the cross and at the tomb at the end of the week. Worshipping Jesus by honoring him. And burying him, giving him a proper burial. Joseph and Nicodemus act out their love for Jesus by preparing his body for burial. So I want to encourage you this weekend and always not to let shame or doubt or other Christians stop you from fully worshiping the king of kings. From being fully committed to engaging in, in the worship of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, we've all done something that makes us embarrassed, that makes us feel shame in our lives. Yes, we've all had questions. And and maybe you have experienced someone saying, stop asking those questions. But don't let those things stop you. Don't let them stop you from being fully engaged in in desiring to grow and desiring to, to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't let those things stop you from worshiping Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you have called us into relationship with you. God, that you've called us not to a shameful relationship, not to a relationship out of believing 100% or perfectly, but Lord, you call us to a relationship where there's forgiveness and there are answers. And doubt doesn't mean a lack of faith. God, I pray this morning that if anyone's feeling shame or feeling like they, they can't ask questions, Lord, that you would work in their hearts, allow them to feel forgiveness Allow them to know that questions aren't bad, they're encouraged. God, we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.
2: This morning we're receiving back our purple bag Lenten offering for the homeless. So if you have some of those uh, bags with you or you want to... Write a check, you just mark that for the homeless and you can leave it in the offering plate or make a gift online. So so I ask for you to be generous in that second mile gift as we now offer to God our gifts, our tithes, and our very life.
1: Jesus the name above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh we live for you Holy there is no one like you Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Oh, Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around I will put my trust in you alone. my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and I will be trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show your heart and lead me in your love to those around me.
2: It's my great pleasure to introduce to you this morning Karen Boquist-Gelano, and yes, I practiced it. Uh, she comes to us this morning on transfer of her membership from Burlingame United Methodist Church in Burlingame, California. Yeah. And uh, coming from you know, another sister church, we just have one question to ask you. And that is, will you be loyal to Midway United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Awesome. And we welcome you in Christian love officially to the family. Oh, don't leave yet, Karen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. I want to get away too, but um, <laughs> they'll want an opportunity to greet you. So if you don't mind standing up here for a little bit and Pedro will get your picture. Thank okay. You.
3: If you'll now receive the benediction. Friends, don't let shame, don't let questions keep you from worshiping the one and only King of kings and Lord of lords. Go in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.
0: You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.